Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. Convergence exists to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and love. This is our vision here at Convergence. We encounter him. We then become sent on assignment to transform a city with his power and love. So this is who we are. I'm going to skip that. All right, we've been in a, a, a series called Harvest and Holy Spirit. How many of you have been, been here as we've been on this? And if you think that we've just been up here with the graphic, this series has been going on for four weeks. So most of you have probably been here. You just didn't know it because we kind of put language to this just recently. Um, actually, maybe five weeks this has been going on. Um, and so I'm really excited about this series that the Lord has us in. Um, we, don't, we don't often do tons of series, but really felt like the Lord wanted us to be in this vein up until Vision Sunday. So we're going to be talking about what does the harvest look like? How does the Holy Spirit play into that? And we're going to do it all the way up to Vision Sunday because when you're here on Vision Sunday, you're going to realize something. And that is that next year, I'll just give you a little clue where we're headed. We are on assignment to see a city transformed. We're not just going to talk about it. We're not just going to make it. We're not just going to put it up on the screen. And it's a cool thing that we say. Practically speaking, how do you see a city changed? What does it look like to share the gospel around you? What does it look like to understand the authority that you have? What does that look like? And we are going to dive into that big time. As we step into the new year, because I believe that the Lord is going to crash in on this city in Fort Worth. He's already doing it. He's doing a lot, but he's, he wants to do more. And he wants to use this house as a beacon of light. And we're going to dive into that this morning, actually. So this morning, I am going to talk about spiritual authority. Spiritual authority. So let's... Uh, if, if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians. If this is your first time here and you're like, what is this harvest Holy Spirit thing all about? We started, we kicked this thing off in Matthew 9. She's got to get her Bible, I get it. I've been there. Verse 37 in Matthew 9, Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, plead, or another translation says, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Then we all know the story. Who does he end up sending? Them. He's talking to them. He's like, hey, guys, we need more workers. I can picture them like looking around. Okay, where are they going to come from? Where are the workers? Oh, wait, you're the workers. I've sent you out on assignment. And so he sends them out, Matthew 10, verse 1. Jesus then does what? Come on, help me out. Gives them authority over what? Unclean spirits, all diseases, 
That's right. Cast out unclean spirits to heal all diseases. Do we believe in this room this morning that Jesus still heals all diseases? Do we believe that he wants to cast out unclean spirits? Okay, that's good because we're going to dive deep into that this morning. So again, Matthew 10, verse 5 through 8, Jesus gives them the assignment. And then in Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus gives the disciples as he's about to ascend to the Father. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a what? A witness. So again, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The power of the Holy Spirit within you is not just for you. It's for those around you. It's to be a witness, okay? All right. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, even as we sang all morning, I thank you for the love, the love that's crashing in. And this morning as we dive into this, Lord, even as we begin to talk about what darkness is, we thank you that darkness has absolutely no place in this room. We thank you that your kingdom is a kingdom of light. And so right now, we just, we just step in and we just say that this place is a place of light. And we thank you for the light that you have given us, that you have put within us. And this morning, I just ask you that you would allow us to see the light in an even clearer way this morning. We give this time to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we get the opportunity to gather together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. What is it against? The rulers, the powers, and the world forces of this darkness. Most of us know this verse, right? It's important for you to know as a believer that as you step forward into your assignment and as you live in a place of going after the harvest, you will end up confronting the powers of darkness. And if you're going to confront the powers of darkness, what is it important to know? That you have spiritual authority. And listen, if you can hear the sound of my voice this morning, I want you to get to come away this morning with a conviction that light is way more powerful than darkness. That I carry something that has the ability to completely destroy darkness. Oh, some of you, you're not there yet. You're going to be. Listen to this. The enemy does not like believers understanding their identity and walking in it. He doesn't like that. 
The enemy does not like believers that actually believe that through the Holy Spirit, you have the authority of heaven within you. So the more that you step out and the more that you're obedient to what God has called you to, you will sometimes encounter pushback. Why? Because darkness hates light. You know why it hates light? Because it cannot live in light. All right, I can't get too ahead of myself. Main point number one. Number one. We have an enemy. And it's important to know who the enemy is. We don't talk a lot about this all the time. But it's important to know who is your enemy. Because sometimes, if I'm being honest, I think as believers, we can get stuck in that people are our enemy. Politicians become our enemy. People that we don't like become our enemy. And we can start to get tempted to view somebody through the lens of actually not looking at them as a person that God wants to love and he wants his light to infiltrate, but we begin to look at them as our adversary when the reality is that there is one adversary, and that's Satan, whose name literally means one who accuses. Okay? So it's important to know we're in a spiritual battle. So let's talk about this. Let's peel back the curtain for just a second, okay? Anytime you hear the word demonic or powers of darkness, what are we referring to? We're referring to Satan. We're referring to demons, yes? So what are we talking about? Adam and Eve in the garden, what happened? Genesis 3. The serpent came in, right? He tempted Adam and Eve, and what was the statement that he said? Has God really said? What is the enemy still doing now? Has God really said? Anytime you hear a voice that questions the voice of the Lord, that is the enemy. Has God really said? Okay? All right, let's talk about demons. Can we do that in this room? Is that okay? I know. It's a little, whoa, hello, what are we doing? All right, listen, words to describe Satan in the Bible, crafty. Revelation 12.10 says he's the accuser of the brethren. The word devil, which is the second most used name of Satan in the Bible, literally means slanderer. One who slanders, okay? What slander? If I slander you, I say false statements against you. What does the enemy spend all of his time doing? Saying false statements about everything. About who you are in Christ. False statements about trying to get you to buy into something else. False statements about other people to you that become gossip. All of these things are false statements. He is the slanderer. So anytime you begin to feel slander, that is not the Holy Spirit. 
All right, so are demons real? Someone help me out. Yes. All throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, we see demons, okay? We have the presence of demons. So what is a demon? Lucifer, who is Satan, was cast out of heaven along with a third of the angels. How many of us know this, okay? A third of the angels. If you like to look deeper, I don't have time to go into these passages, but Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, and Revelation 12, you can write those passages down. Those passages go into more detail about what happened, okay? But how many of us know why did Satan choose to make the choice that he made? Pride. That's right. We all know the verse, pride comes before what? A fall. Okay, so he takes a third of the angels with him, and we get into, we have Satan, the devil, and we have demons. Are we on the same page? All right, so they are real, they are around. So demons are fallen angels that decided to follow Satan instead of God. They are under the influence and authority of the accuser, which is our enemy, Satan. So there's two present realities. There's evil and there's what? Good. There's the devil and there's God. There are demons and there are angels. Okay. I know this might be a little more like Sunday school, but I needed to get us all up to speed. Demons are real and they are around, but guess what? We don't go looking around every corner for a demon. We preach the gospel. We share the love and power of Jesus with those around us, and as we do, we will encounter them, but not because we went looking for them. So we battle the spirit of darkness. There is darkness and there is light. So the second point I want us to focus on this morning is that as we look at spiritual authority, Spiritual authority comes as we walk as children of light. I want us to dive into Ephesians 5. It's real quiet in here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7. If you have your Bible, all right, so we just spent a little bit of time talking about demons and darkness. Because it's important that we expose the reality that is what the enemy is trying to do and who he is. As we expose that, we see him for who he really is. So Ephesians 5 talks about who we are. It says, therefore, do not become partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, as you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Verse 12, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things, someone say all. All things become visible. When they are exposed by the light, for everything, does it say some things? Everything that becomes visible is light. 
For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What is, what is a word that you've noticed multiple times in this passage? Light. It's used five times in one passage of Scripture. That is the central theme. And there's three specific uses of the word light in this passage. The first is you are, the, you are light in the Lord. The second is walk as children of light. And the third is all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. And that light, that word light is, in the Greek, it means daylight. It means radiance, an instrument of light, a fire, the light of God's presence, perfect brightness. So Paul here starts out affirming your identity as light. You are a child of what? Light. You're children of light. Okay? He says, you are light in the Lord. So listen, I want to tell you this morning, you don't have a little bit of light. That song, this little light of mine, deeply bothers me. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Why? Because there's absolutely no place in Scripture that says you have a little light. It should be this gigantic, massive light of Jesus of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. But just like that song that we sang when we were growing up, we can get caught if we're not careful in thinking that the reality is that I have a little bit of light and I just need to do what I can with the little bit of light that I have and hope that something happens with it. Instead of understanding the power and authority that you have within you through the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? So listen to this. You are to walk as a child full of light, not partially full, but completely radiating the fire and the light of God's presence through the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. As you do that, the reality of darkness feels a lot less intimidating. I love Psalm 139. It's a great psalm. We probably have it on bumper stickers and all sorts of stuff. But there's a part of Psalm 139 that we don't often quote. And it's in verse 11, and it says, If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night. Verse 12 says, even darkness is not dark to you. Have you ever read that? thought, hold on a second. How is darkness not dark? Like, don't you see the darkness? How is darkness not dark? I'll tell you why. Because God doesn't see darkness, he sees an opportunity for light. There's a big difference between seeing darkness for what it is, which is an opportunity for the light to shine in, and then getting caught in, oh, look at the darkness. Can I rattle a few cages this morning? One of the biggest issues I see in the church today is that we get caught in this place where culture, look at what culture's doing, look at the shaking, look at what's happening, what's going to happen, oh no, we're going to have to do this and do that and do this and do that, and we step into a doom and gloom mindset. Why do we do that? Because we get consumed by the darkness. Darkness. 
And then we're walking around trying not to look at, uh, let's not look at the darkness instead of allowing the light to radiate. If you want to be harvest and Holy Spirit minded, stop focusing on the darkness around you and focus on the light within you. Like these, these things that even we say, look, there's no hope for America. There's no hope for this generation. I heard that as a millennial so much. Oh, the millennial generation, look at them. They're just, they're hopeless. What are we going to do with those millennials? It feels like every generation we find something bad about the generation. Oh, those millennials, they can't keep a job. They can't do that. I heard that growing up. And you know what? That's not true. Over, what are we saying over Gen Z? What are we saying over Gen Alpha? What are we saying over Gen X? What are we saying over the baby boomers? What are we saying that's partnering with light or darkness? And hear me, hear me loud and clear. You get a choice. And you can make a choice to partner with darkness or you can make a choice to partner with light. And I'm here to tell you as the pastor of this church, this place is a beacon of light. And we will declare it, we will own it, we will walk in it, and we are going to see something shift. But not because we're scared silly of darkness. But because we're like, ho, 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 welcome to the light. If you walk in this room and you're carrying darkness, let me tell you, the light's going to shine through. Oh, I'm getting excited. What would happen? What would happen if we started declaring there's hope for America? There's hope for every generation. Our culture needs Jesus, so let's go tell them. Look at the opportunity for light. Let's pray for the president. Let's pray for our Supreme Court. Let's pray for our elected officials. Let's stop adding to the noise of despair, anxiety, and hopelessness, and instead be carriers of hope, light, and love. I love that Switchfoot song. If you're adding to the noise, turn off this song. If you're adding to the noise, I don't know about you, but if you're adding to the noise of anxiety and despair, you got to change the channel. you got to turn that song off. you got to do something that partners with something other than that. The blood of Jesus wasn't shed so that you could sit back and worry about the darkness getting darker. Can you imagine Jesus up in heaven? He's not worried about darkness. He's not up in heaven like, I didn't die on a cross so that you guys could be so fixated on what's wrong with the world. Jesus is not up in heaven worried about the darkness, so why are we? And I think it's so interesting to me when I'm around believers, sometimes I find it so interesting when we're so surprised by the things that the world does. It's like we expect unbelievers to act like believers. They don't know Jesus. They don't know any better. So let's show them the blood and the body of Jesus, what he paid for, for them. And let's reveal light in that way. 
All right, so what does light do? It instantly fills everything it enters. And actually, if you study light and how fast it travels, you will find that light fills a room, and this is not just, this is not just a spiritual reality. From an actual scientific standpoint, light fills a room faster than darkness can consume it. It's a fact. So when you turn on a light in a dark room, the light spreads out and fills the space quickly. On the other hand, when you turn off a light in a lit room, the darkness takes longer to spread and consume the space. Why? Because light travels at a much faster speed than darkness. Oh, come on. God just didn't make this spiritual. He made it practical. When you turn a light switch on in a room, that light travels so fast it fills so quickly. But when you turn off, it takes longer for darkness to consume light. Why? Because that is how we were created. Light infiltrating darkness, covering the room, and darkness actually isn't as fast so it can't consume it as fast. You have everything that you need to overcome darkness inside of you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in Matthew 5, on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light this brilliant lamp and then decide to throw it under a basket. But on a lampstand, you put it on a lampstand. What's a lampstand? It's a stand that literally is, is so that everybody sees this light. Your light, let your light shine before people in such a way, verse 16, Matthew 5, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So I want you to see light is really important. I'm gonna, I, I got a little prop this morning. I got a lantern. Let's see. See if I can get it to turn on. Might be dead. It's a good prop, right? It's working out well for me. It literally just worked this morning. That's all good. We'll use something else. Improvise. Yeah, we can use phone lights. So see this light right here? This is what, what I was going to do anyway. Uh, this light is shining, and everywhere that I go, it shines. If this room were to be dark, and this light was still on, you would see light in a room that's dark. So what does it look like as a believer to walk with your light on? Right? Everywhere I go, this light fills darkness. Even if there's so much darkness that you think it's as night as black could be, if there is a little light on in that room, you're going to see the light. Why are kids so focused on light from an early age? It's fascinating. It's like my son's like, like looking at the fan and the light. Why? Because there's an attraction to light. Things are attracted to light. 
people that may even be doing things that you don't think they should be doing, when there's a light on in a room, let me tell you, there's going to be an attraction to the light. There's an attraction to light. Because light fills everything. So if God doesn't see darkness but an opportunity for light, then we as children of light ought to view darkness as an opportunity to see the goodness, righteousness, and truth of Jesus that is inside of us infiltrate every ounce of darkness around us. I remember this one time I was in Brazil, and we were in one of the biggest slums in, in Brazil, Fortaleza. Um, love the love Brazil. Want to go back soon. But we were literally in this, in this house, and the moment I walked into this house, I could feel it, like when you have the Holy Spirit within you, you have discernment, and you can feel when there's a spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. And I also want us to just say, let's be in tune to that, okay? Don't tune that out. Ask him what he's doing. So, I, so we did. We were like, Lord, what are you doing? And we tried to ask and see if there was an opportunity for them to pray, and there wasn't. They, they weren't really open to us praying, but we could tell there was a spirit of perversion in the room. Like you could tell there were things that had gone on that we would not want to speak of. And so we're standing in this room, and we're like, well, what do we do? <laughs> and all of a sudden, this girl that was helping lead part of our team just started declaring things in English. She was declaring things against the spirit of darkness in English. And I was looking at her, and I was like, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, my goodness, she's a genius. She knows they can't speak English. <laughs> so they don't understand a word of this. But let me tell you, the powers of darkness do. Oh, man, let me tell you, that atmosphere started changing. I mean, like, like a 180. You're like, whoa, this house is totally different. Why? Because she stepped out and told the spirit of darkness that he had no authority in that room. And let me tell you, the atmosphere shifted. It changed. I remember another story when I was in Brazil. There was a guy that was in, we did a house of prayer, and there was a guy that, that came into the house of prayer, and he sat down. And he was asking some of, our, some of the girls on our team to come pray for him, which was already a red flag. And so I was standing there, and I was like, I'm going to go up, and I'm going to pray for him too, because I don't want any of our girls to be alone praying for him, which is very, very wise, by the way, if you're doing ministry. And so we, we walk up, and the moment I set my hand on his shoulder, instantly I had thoughts of pornography. Fill my head, lust, like wild. And I was like, Lord, whoa, this is like really... This is intense. Like, is this me? Like, what's going on? Like, what in the world? And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. No, it's not you. These are what, this is what he's thinking right now. And I remember just in that moment, like, I have two options. Option one, I can just disregard this and be like, I, I don't want to think any of this. I don't want to do any about this. I'm just going to walk away. However, option two was let's pray for him and let's command the spirit of perversion to leave. 
And so I just was praying, and we were just praying, and I was like, in the name of Jesus, we command any spirit of lust, any spirit of perversion to leave this man in Jesus' name. And I don't know exactly what happened. I didn't see, like, a, like there wasn't, like, a demonic manifestation or anything. But I am believing that that man got free. But what happened? I entered an intense moment of potential, like, whoa, there's, there's darkness. Like you're confronted with it. And it was an opportunity for light because people need freedom. They need freedom. And in that moment, I got a chance to come against any power of darkness that was in the room or that was operating. And I got to say, no, in Jesus' name, come out. So why am I talking about this? It's like, this is a lot, Andrew. What's going on? As you step into the harvest, as you go about things, as you begin to dive deeper into the assignment that God has for your life, you may come up against things that are not good. They're evil. You may come up against a demon. You may come up against something. And you need to know that you have authority because you have light within you to see that thing gone. I can't tell you how many stories that I've heard from Heidi Baker about witch doctors coming to the Lord. It feels like every, every time Heidi's here, she has a new story about a witch doctor coming to the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. Witch doctors don't actually have real power. They have fake power because it's coming from something that actually doesn't really have real power. It's trying to be powerful when really the Holy Spirit is like, oh, we're going to get rid of that thing. Light overcomes darkness every time. And I love all of Heidi's stories because the love of Jesus comes in, floods this person, and all of a sudden they don't care about witchcraft anymore. They care about Jesus because they just realized they encountered something way more powerful than they've ever dabbled in. I believe that the Lord is, there's a reformation coming where psychics, any form of darkness, we are going to see it eradicated by the love of Jesus, and we're going to step in, and we're going to see something happen. Every single time I pass a satanic temple, do you know what I pray? Lord, turn that into a house of prayer. Turn that into a house of prayer. Turn that into a house of prayer. What would happen if every Masonic lodge, if every satanic place in this city were turned into a house of prayer because the people of God said, light overcomes darkness and we're gonna pray for them, we're gonna love them, we're gonna share Jesus with them, and we're gonna see light infiltrate this city. Does that sound like the harvest to you? Oh, yeah. So real quick, let's get practical. How did Jesus model casting out a demon? Some of you are like, man, we're talking about this in church on a Sunday. I'm not afraid of demons. Mark 1.34 says, and he healed many who were ill with various diseases, and he what? Cast out many demons. 
And he would not, listen to this, he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew who he was. What is that? That's identity. That's spiritual authority. Luke 4, verse 41 says, demons were also coming out of many, shouting. The demons are shouting this. You are the son of God. And he was rebuking them and not allowing them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Literally what we find in scripture throughout the gospels are demons begging Jesus not to cast them out in, in, and, and to cast them out into something else. Why? Because they know they're gone. They know they're toast. James 2.19 says, you believe that God is one, you do well, but the demons also believe and shudder. So listen, when Jesus approached a demon, when Jesus was confronting a demon, the focus wasn't on the demonic power. The focus wasn't on, oh gosh, okay, you've got all that power, let me figure out what power I have and just come back to you in just a second. No, the focus wasn't on them. The focus was on the Son of God. Even the demons shuddered. So listen, demons hate the name of Jesus. They hate the name of Jesus. Demons want the focus to be on them. They like to make a scene. I don't see any language here that suggests that Jesus got into a yelling match with a demon. Oh, you need to listen to me. Sometimes deliverance ministry gets a little out of whack when we start yelling at demons. Did you know that you don't have to yell at demons? Did you know that you don't have to traumatize people in ministry to cast out a demon? Oh, man. Did you know that you get to use the authority that Jesus has given you through the Holy Spirit, and in his name it causes every knee to bow and every tongue confess that he's Lord? So you got to involve the Holy Spirit. If you confront something that you know is not from the Lord, you need to take a step back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What do you want to do? It may be that the person needs, they need to forgive. Maybe they need to repent. There's different things, but listen to me. You've got to include the Holy Spirit. My dad told me a story yesterday about a woman that um, was in a, a library, and a Wiccan walked in. And she just was like, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit pointed her to put on a worship song, a particular worship song, over the library speakers. She puts this song on, no joke, the guy starts, demons leave this guy. He literally gets completely set free in a library because she listened to the Holy Spirit and put a worship song on. We don't have to make things weird. Things don't have to get weird or crazy or wild. It's called, what does the Holy Spirit want to do? All right, one last point on this. It's also important to note that Jesus didn't go looking for demons. This is real important. Sometimes we can, we, can be, we can become demon hunters. We're like, all right, where's all the demons in the city? Jesus didn't go looking for demons. His life and ministry confronted them. 
Oh, wow, here we go. What am I saying? Your life that is light, you're a children of light, will confront darkness, but you don't have to go looking around every rock for a demon. The more you walk in your assignment and step out and be light to those around you, the more I believe that things are going to leave and you're going to become more fixated on what the Holy Spirit is doing than what demons are doing. It's the last passage I want to read. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 17, and then we're going to land the plane. Matthew 17, verse 14. This is a good learning moment for the disciples here, okay? It says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Verse 16, and I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? That's some strong language there from Jesus. How long should I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him. And listen, what happens when Jesus rebukes him? Does it say the demon lingered? It says the demon came out of him. Because at the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. And the boy was healed at once. Now here's the learning moment. Verse 17. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your meager faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's like this small, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus is making a statement that even the smallest amount of faith can move a mountain. So the point of this message is not about the size of your faith. Sometimes people read this passage and the, the idea becomes go out and find out how to get more faith. But that doesn't really make sense when Jesus is saying, if you had even the faith the size of a mustard seed, that mountain would move. So that's the smallest amount of faith. So what Jesus is saying is, the issue isn't the size of their faith, the issue is faithlessness. The issue is unbelief. And I believe in this moment, the disciples learned a very, very valuable lesson, and it is this. The disciples were more focused on the demon in front of them than the power of God within them. Jesus was pointing to the root issue, which was they weren't persuaded of the power. And I believe that you must be persuaded of the light that, was, that is within you. And I think in this moment, the disciples were so focused on this demon, they actually didn't realize that they were so focused on the darkness that they lost sight of the fact that they have authority that Jesus just gave them seven chapters earlier in Matthew 10. Jesus had already given them authority. So in this moment, he's saying, if you had any faith, 
If you had any of it, if you believed, if you just believed, you would tell that mountain to move and it would move. You would tell that demon to leave and it would leave. What's my point? My point is I think one of the biggest things that we struggle with is actually that we, we talk ourselves out of believing that he can actually do it. Do you believe that he can actually do it this morning? You are a child of light. You have light within you. I know some of you are like, man, I, I came to church and I wasn't sure what message I was going to get this morning. Here's what I want to end with. In worship, as we were talking about the love, I saw this picture of the Lord opening doors and it was like brilliant daylight sunlight was coming through the doors. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what are you saying? And he said, there are people that walked into the room this morning that need to open the doors to the light. Maybe you know him, maybe you've put your belief in him, but you're still battling demonic influence. There's still things that are on your mind. There's still things that you are struggling with that the Lord wants to say, let's throw open the doors and let's allow the light to shine. Paul in Ephesians 1 he says and I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened that word in the Greek means filled with light he wants your heart and your mind and every part of you to understand and walk in your identity that is you are light you are filled with goodness you are filled with righteousness you are filled with truth and you can walk in that so this morning, I just want to do one thing. If you came in the room this morning, and you say, I've been struggling. I've been feeling like the darkness is just so heavy. I don't know how to get out of it. I want you to come to the front, and I want us to pray for you. If that's you, if you're so bold to come up. Because I believe that there's freedom this morning for some people in the room. As I was praying about this service, I felt like there was a spirit of suicide. If you're struggling at all, you've had thoughts of suicide, there's freedom this morning. There's freedom. Anxiety, depression, confusion. Let's let the light in this morning. And I just see him opening the door. So if that's you, just come up front. Jesus is here and it's filling your heart and it's filling your mind and I just I see him opening the doors and just saying here's the light let the light overcome any ounce of darkness anything that the enemy tries to bring any accusation any slander Just let the light in this morning.
I could have some of our staff, some of our team just come up and start praying for these. We just thank you for the light. We thank you for the light. In the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now. There's freedom in your mind. There's freedom in your mind. I see thoughts rolling around question marks, things. I feel like the enemy has been especially battling you at night with thoughts. And I just, right now, in the name of Jesus, we, we redeem the night season. In Jesus' name, we command all thoughts that are not of the Holy Spirit to leave in Jesus' name. And we silence the voice of the enemy. And right now, we just thank you that there's deliverance in the room. There's deliverance. There's freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom. You don't have to live with those thoughts any longer. So in the name of Jesus, we just rebuke any accusing voice of the enemy. Just thank you for the light. We thank you for the light. We thank you for the light. Thank you for the light. Hey, this is the this is the day of freedom. And if you're not up here, but you're you're here this morning, I also just want to commission you that you are a child of light. Everywhere that you go, your life confronts darkness. And we don't have to run from the light, but we can run from the darkness, but we can actually realize that the light within us infiltrates darkness. It destroys darkness. And so, Lord, I just, we bless every person that's here, Lord, and I ask you that there would be a fresh realization of our identity as light. When you go to school, you bring the light of Jesus with you. When you're working, you bring his light. So we just thank you for light, Lord, and we thank you that any spirit that is not the Holy Spirit has to leave. It has to leave this city, it has to leave this area, it has to leave this region in Jesus' name. We just thank you that we are light. morning we drove back from Abilene, turned on I-20 heading east, and the sun was so intense, I, I could barely drive. I, was, I, had, I had on sunglasses, I had the visor down, I was, I had to, the only thing that would work was to hold up my hand while I was driving to try to get to where the sun wasn't I, I could even see to, to stay on the road. <laughs> and uh, the light that's in you terrifies the enemy. Like he cannot even look on it. It's not like, oh, that's really light. It's like, ah! And the enemy is terrified with what you carry. The weapons that you have are divinely powerful. Divinely powerful weapons. The light that's in you, 
the blood of Jesus that covers you terrifies the enemy. And he has a little power, but it's nothing compared to what you have. You have the real thing. And I remember the first time I was at a deliverance thing, I didn't come out amazed at the power of the enemy. I came out amazed at the power of the blood of Jesus. I came out amazed at the power of the name of Jesus. I came out amazed that Holy Spirit would give me the name of something that someone needed to be free from that I never would have come up in a million years. I came, I came out amazed that I had never done deliverance or had a big course on it, but yet Jesus set someone free. And so, Father, we step into our place. I just want us to stand all around the room. Lord, we stand up into our authority that you have given to us. And I just declare over you that you are light in the Lord. You are light. And the light that is in you terrifies the darkness. And I declare that you have spiritual weapons of warfare that you are about to use like you have never used them before with joy and authority, with confidence and even with laughter. You will obliterate the darkness. And I declare that where you go, freedom happens. Light happens that destroys the darkness. And Lord, we declare that everything that you have given to us is covered with the precious blood of Jesus. We declare that our families are covered with the sprinkled blood of Jesus. I just want to encourage you, one of the things that the devil hates the most is when we talk about the blood of Jesus. The blood, of, can you say the blood of Jesus? The blood of Jesus. So Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that has given us this power and authority. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for spiritual weapons of warfare. Thank you that we fight with the left hand and the right. Thank you, Father, this week that where you go, the darkness is terrified, obliterated, crushed, and smashed by the light that you carry. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of your name. Jesus' name. Can you say Jesus' name? Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. I believe that the Lord, this body is called to bring the light and freedom of Jesus to this city. So Lord, we just thank you for, we bless Fort Worth right now. And right now we ask you, Jesus, that every, anyone that is oppressed of the enemy, Lord, anyone that's struggling with freedom, we ask you right now that even wherever they're at, that they would experience and encounter Jesus in a fresh way that would bring freedom. So we just thank you that every stronghold in this city has to bow at the feet of Jesus. We thank you that we will shine our light in this city. Thank you, Lord. If you're receiving ministry up front, you can continue to stay in that place. If you want prayer, you can come up. We'd love to pray for you. 
I want to also mention we have prophetic teams that we can try to squeeze over here. I know we got a lot of people up here, but we have some prophetic teams available if you want to get a prophetic word this morning. You can come over here. We'd love to speak an encouraging word over you. If you're a part of Discover, you're here and you're, you're going to Discover, you can go ahead and head on that direction as well. We'll start in about 13 minutes, 15 minutes. If you're watching online, we're so glad that you joined us. We love you and we bless you to be light 